My name is Michael Kaiser. And I'm John Wilson. And I'm Sarah Century. And welcome to another special episode of Make Ours Marvel we call Not Comics. This is our 32nd monthly-ish special, Not Comics. 32 is a power of two. We're not going to have another one of these until we've done this many again, because that's how powers of two work. But today, we are talking about two fantastic films, which is a pun, because they're Fantastic Four films. So automatically oh. fantastic, regardless of whether they're fantastic. Right? Mm-hmm. Unless you're Stanley and you want to call them the Fabulous Four. Or the greatest, <laughs> the greatest comic movies of all time. <laughs> the world's greatest comic movies. Yes. <laughs> they should have put that on the poster. This means that we will have now covered three of the four Fantastic Four films that exist. Oh. There's I don't the know that I want to cover that one one, but yeah, I guess I'm, we could. I've never seen it. <laughs> I, I have. Sarah, That's yeah. why I don't know. Oh, Sarah, yeah, I watched the it, other of pin- course. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. <clears throat> I, I watched that before to. I watched any <laughs> Yeah, me <laughs> any too. That's how, that's how desperate we were, kids. We would watch those. Yeah. Did y'all watch the Justice League film that wasn't oh, released? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, the TV yeah. pilot. Oh, yeah. And Did y'all I watch bought the Justice it. League film that was released? No, just kidding. <laughs> I bought both of those because you could go to the, a convention and there'd be like some guy with a bootleg charging <laughs> five bucks a tape. And then you go home all excited to watch this really horrible Justice League or Fantastic Four thing. But it's what we had. It's what we had. When you said that, I'm reminded of the uh, the Weird Alville of um, Quite Nerdy. And mm-hmm. his like overjoyed expression when he buys a tape of the Star Wars holiday special. See? Yeah. <laughs> Just like, oh man, you, you do not know what you're about to get into. I <laughs> I had a random friend online that I knew from a podcast volunteer to be with me and podcast about the Star Wars holiday special. Mm. And uh, we've rarely spoken since. <laughs> <laughs> it was that bad, huh? I don't think I've ever seen that. Yeah. Well, Wookie Grandpa watching softcore. That's that's how that's how about it gets. Anyways, so Fantastic Four, Sarah, you weren't watching. Were you watching superhero movies when the Fantastic Four films came out? Yeah, I think it was right before I was like, okay, I've had enough. Um, but I remember watching the first one. I think I watched it just whenever it came out on DVD or something. And uh, I didn't watch Rise of the Silver Surfer though for a while. And, uh, yep. <laughs> the first one I thought was actually kind of good because I felt like in that time period, I was not a fantastic four fan. I was like, yeah, I don't really like them that much. So watching, you know, watching them be a little bit off didn't upset me that much. Whereas this time I noticed some more things where I was like, Oh, I don't really like how they made that change or something like that. Cause I've read a ton more fantastic four since then. Mm-hmm. Um, Whenever I was a kid, I was such an X-Men fan. So I was like, Fantastic Four are nerds. (laughs) Right, right. Well, that's not wrong. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, But yeah, and it's not wrong. They are totally nerds. The first Fantastic Four movie was pretty inoffensive. And I kind of enjoyed it. Even back in the day, whenever I was like, never going to watch an X-Men movie again in my life. Because it was like distant to me. I was like, whatever, like that's like Fantastic Four stuff. It was the same I felt about Iron Man because I had read a bunch of Iron Man, but I was also like, I don't know about that character. You know, I was not that attached to him. Why are they making so a whenever movie about there this was guy? like Yeah, whenever they finally made like a Fantastic Four, whenever they made an Iron Man movie, it was pretty similar to me where I was like, Yeah, this is kind of good. I like it. And also I think that the first one, the first Fantastic Four definitely still holds up pretty well. 
Interesting. Interesting. Okay. Um, well, the Fantastic Four film was 2005, and the Silver Surfer film was 2007. Mike, what are your memories of, of those? I'm pretty sure I went to the theater, theater for both of them. Um, I have never not liked these movies. I don't really understand why they are so hated by so many people. Mm-hmm. The rot- Not that you should go by Rotten Tomatoes, but the Rotten Tomatoes is like 27%. It's like, is it that bad? I mean, I'm not saying I love them or their masterpieces, but like better than Spider-Man 3, for instance, <laughs> or uh, Hulk, Ang Lee Hulk, for instance. Um, I don't know. I think like they're just, they're not works of art, but they like capture the characters pretty well. And the plots are kind of silly, fun without too much angst or anything. And they're not hard to watch. I don't know. I enjoyed them both. I think I even bought the DVD tin when they came out because it was neat uh, and had comic book stuff in it. So, yeah, I'm a fan of both of these movies. I don't remember going to see the first one in the theaters, but I do remember liking it. And I remember re-watching it with some friends. I specifically had memories of this um, the night before we went to see Silver Surfer. Because um, I remember looking up on the internet uh, the whole question about what does happen to metal when it's heated metal when it's super cooled. Because um, there's like some debate on the science mm-hmm. behind that. And I'm sure that uh, Blaine Dowler can can chime in on it. But um, Like he knows more than Mr. Fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> he might though. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so, um, it was Dr. Doom who said it, right? No, 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 it was, Fist no, it was Mr. Fantastic. Dr. Doom, Dr. Doom uh, talked about rubber 28 times. Yeah. Time. He's like, do you know, it's chemistry 101. Do you know what happens to this when you do that? Do you know what happens to sugar when you put it in coffee? Do you know, do you what, know happens? what happens to grass when you step on it? <laughs> it happens to rubber and it's like, he's not made of rubber, but that's okay. Dr. Doom, whatever. And then I saw 2007's, uh, Silver Surfer film and came out of that really enjoying it except for questioning the Galactus decision, Mm -hmm. which is kind of what everybody I think Mm -hmm. chimes in on about that film. But at the same time, I don't think I wanted to see giant purple dude in shirts (laughs) with pitchfork helmet. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know what the right implementation of Galactus on film is, but it's not a comics accurate uh, uh, depiction. You can't do that. Sorry. Not for that movie anyway. Um, so how do we want to tackle this? Do you want to kind of look at characters in both films? Do you want to cover the first film and then the second one? What do we want to do? Characters, uh, right? Yeah, because it kind of goes from, right. I don't know. Yeah, they each have like an arc, I guess. So I think the first people we meet are Reed and Ben. And I love the actor who plays Ben. I think he's pretty great. Chickless, he's the most yeah. charming character, I think, in the entire film. We only, we only see him, you know without the orange rocks for like the first act. But, but yeah, what do we think of Ben Grimm in this? He's perfect. And not only that, I love, especially since it's only 2005, I love that they didn't go CGI direction with him. I think Mm -hmm. what they did do works. I mean, it just worked. I don't know how else to explain it. Like I like take that versus like the Ang Lee Hulk, which came out the same time. And all we did was make fun of, freaking shrek hulk like i'm really glad that they just put rubber on this guy and he sold it like he just made me think of the thing when he's the thing it it was fine they put a lot of effort into making the suit look believable on large screen and went with it that with the sound effects of like scraping rock anytime he touched you know brushed up on something or whatever like it just it was yeah it was phenomenal what they did with that makeup i think and and actor and character wise I, i mean i don't know that's the thing to me 
Pretty much. Um, Minus, I mean, they didn't they didn't throw in enough racism, I guess, based on based on early comics. Yeah, Ben is <laughs> not a good person. <laughs> well, wow, he's had some slip ups anyway, but you know. Yeah, yeah, he's. But uh, yeah, so they they ignored some of that '60s uh character, but uh, yeah, I liked it. I also like, lost like references to Jewish stuff, right? Which is like what I remember a lot whenever I was seeing him in the early days, right, of Fantastic Four. I remember there being more conversation around that for him. Um, but yeah, that doesn't make any appearance here. So it would be nice us. to have, because whenever it's dropped in, it's just, it's just like a light sprinkle in the comics and a light sprinkle here and there in these films would have been good. Yeah, I mean, cause, totally. Cause the thing is basically uh, Jack Kirby, right? Or that, initially that was kind of the concept, a monsterized Jack Kirby. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so I don't know if Michael Chiklis is very Kirby like, but, it still worked for me. They got they got oh, the, yeah. tu- the toughness with the the gooey center the and all the problems that he. Sometimes the problems were funny. Sometimes you actually felt bad for the guy. For you know, like the eating scene is funny. For instance, he can't pick up a fork or whatever. But then there's other times when, like, he can't pick up the engagement ring and stuff like that. And so I thought it was a good balance of like he's comic relief, but he's also drama. And I'm not um, sure how he ever picks up anything in this. Right. In his yeah. real life now. Um, and then this scene where he goes to see Debbie, played by Lori Holden, um, was so heartbreaking. My and I love upset. Yeah. <laughs> I, I love that uh, actor from The Walking Dead. She was uh, one of the favorite parts of the first season or so of that show. And she did great. No, she did more than a season or two, didn't she? She did a long time. Anyways, whatever. Um, she did great here. It was just heartbreaking. Um, I... When I saw this, I also knew very little about the Fantastic Four. So I didn't really know much about this Alicia Masters chick that mm. he meets. That feels so, tacked on. I don't know that it felt tacked on. Sarah, what'd you think? Yeah, I mean, I thought that it was they uh, in a lot of Fantastic Four comics too, they kind of are just like, and then there's Alicia over yeah. there, you know? Yeah. So yeah, it's like if if that is a problem in these movies, I think it's a problem in the comics a lot of the times too. Um I liked Alicia. She was wise and really yeah. interesting, but mm-hmm. definitely not on the screen too much. So no. it was just like, well, I mean, I like her. But She's kind of there to just like give Ben a reason to live. Yeah, which is, you know, whatever. Which is kind of like you said, that's kind of what it was in the, in the comics. The yeah. Apparently yeah. there's a there's a director's cut of this movie. That has is more there really? footage, and some of that footage is their relationship, like more oh. of their relationship. So I don't know what it actually is, but that maybe that would have helped. Sure, yeah. To see I would some dating that. or something. Yeah. yeah, any kind of development. Yeah, because <laughs> it kind of went from in the first movie, it kind of went from meeting in the bar, which was a cute, you know, a meet cute scene or whatever. But then, like in the end, they're freaking together, and there's no uh, how did that happen and when did that happen business. Oh, yeah, I'm just reading the home release. The extended cut expanded on Thing's relationship with Alicia, Doctor Doom's manipulations to break up the group, the Human Torch's womanizing, and how it backfires. I saw that one. Um, that and I feel like there's a that. scene where Reed and Sue are in a storage room, and there's a robot on the shelf that's supposed to be Herbie from the animated oh, series. That would have been great. This is missing Herbie, if anything. <laughs> that's true. I've... I think it would actually make it better. <laughs> um. So Chris Evans as Johnny Storm. Yeah. 
So I haven't seen I haven't seen this movie since Chris Evans has been Captain America. I realized that when I went to wow. watch. Wow, that's a pretty big gap. Okay, it's a long time, right? And I was like, at first, I thought, oh god, is this going to be weird? And for like point zero zero five seconds, I saw Captain America on screen, and then it was gone. So kudos to Chris Evans for being good at playing two completely different characters. I guess I guess that's what acting is, but and he doesn't. Uh, yeah, I didn't sit there this entire time watching this movie going. Captain America's acting weird, you know? <laughs> I hated how like they Johnny kind Storm of... Ray. He does... I think... Yeah, I like Chris Evans as Johnny Storm in this movie. I don't think that he... It's like, I in the comics, I feel like I always gravitate towards him more when he's kind of a twink. <laughs> and, like, in this, mm-hmm. uh, he was kind of way more bro. Um, and mm. so, like, he gets kind of mean sometimes in a way that, like, to me wasn't the same as how Johnny's mean in the comics. Like, he, like, teases Ben um, and is kind of a butthead to him, but isn't just, like... Uh, so dismissive i guess and yeah i don't know this was just bro johnny storm to me i guess like i mean all of like the corporate sponsorships and stuff like that is totally johnny storm and like the Mm -hmm. cockiness and like all of that but to me yeah he just kind of reminded me more of a jock or something than what you get because it's like in the comics he always reminds me of like somebody who is like a pretty boy right Mm. which is a little different but uh well, they changed the origin, obviously, because they can't just have it be the, this weird family space race thing. Oh, and yeah. In the first movie, they make this big deal about him now outranking Ben and Ben not liking that. So that means, right. he's, mili- means he's military somehow. But then in the second movie, when he's being really lame with what's-her-face, uh, he acts like he has no idea how rank or military works. Yeah. Like, they, like they, forgot that they, like they forgot that that was <laughs> a character... Thing that they had for the first movie like he was actually in the military at some point in his uh, life and, and i hated that second yeah in the second movie whenever he what's like, her name hits on that woman and then she yeah but I, she's a per she's an actual character and i totally oh, is she? On her name. she's um 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 uh, frankie ray yeah frankie i Ray's hated frankie ray is um out. nova from the comics <gasps> uh, okay so that could have been a cooler story <laughs> than it was. Yeah, he never he gets rewarded like every step of the way for okay. his complete cockish behavior. So that's the one extended scene I have seen. There's a scene in the bachelor party where he's being cocky and doing the flame thing and everybody's surrounding him and saying how great he is and then he saddles up to this girl at the bar and starts hitting on her and her boyfriend comes over and he's like, Oh, is this your boyfriend? And the boyfriend's like, what all you could do is fire You're lame or something. And so Johnny lights his drink on fire. And of course it's alcohol. So it spikes in the guy's face and the entire room is like, oh, I can't believe you almost, you know, hurt a guy. Right. And then suddenly there's this weird awkwardness for Johnny. Like, Oh, I went too far. And then the girl's like, you know, if I had your powers, I would do it something more than just bar tricks. And she storms off and he feels bad. So it's like, there was that scene where he actually learned to maybe not be such a jerky jerk all the time. Right. And I believe the scene right after that is when Dr. Doom shoots a heat-seeking missile and he decides for the first time to try and fly and maybe die and, like, save his family. So it's like that would have maybe worked better to keep that scene in the movie. But Yeah. As it went, I was like, what is going on? And <laughs> the way that they ended it, too, right, with him being like, whoopsie, we're not getting married. I set the fucking bouquet on fire or whatever is just like. Jesus. Oh, in the second movie? Yeah. 
Yeah. And she, she she just sits there and like she has an where, annoyed where. look on her face, but it's yeah. very yeah, it's very sad trombone annoyance. It's not actually gonna mean but, anything annoyance. That the more annoying part of that is why she was even with him in the first place when every single line before that was leave me alone. Yeah, so, totally. Yeah, it was like, weird. I hated that. Whatever whatever <laughs> message they're sending with that, I was like, yikes. But that said, I do find his character very enjoyable in both of these movies. He's good comic relief. And he's fun he, to watch. He is fun. And yes, he is sexist and horrible, but you know, people are sexist and horrible, so that's okay with me. I don't know. I expect Johnny to be sexist and horrible in a way, because that's kind of his thing. And not bad. Uh, if he would be PC all the time, it'd be like, who is this character they're writing about? I don't know. Has to be Johnny. So in that sense, it was cool. Yeah, it kind of sucks that he does get rewarded left and right for his attitudes, but um, lots of laughs. It was funny. Just right. a little bit, a, a little bit of, you know, come up and sort of been and, and again, kudos to Chris Evans, because like, how could he play this guy and Captain Freaking America? And that and this role combined with not another team movie is why everybody was like up in arms when he was cast as Captain America in the first place, including myself. I'll admit I, I had no faith in his ability to do After what he, he did. He plays so. an annoying jock. For yeah. Like a bunch yeah, of films for 10 in years. A row. Right. Yeah. It's like there's no way he could be Cap. They ruined it. And but there's like and then nope, it was, I was like, wrong. He's way more Cap, yeah, than almost yeah. anything. Because it's like this. I think that these movies are fine, but I would certainly never consider. I would still say that like this is not a definitive Johnny Storm, right? Like he's good as Johnny Storm, but there's something to be desired for me a little bit because well, yeah. Because there's no. Let's face it. There's no nuance in any of this, right? Yeah, like, yeah. All yeah. these characters are about as two-dimensional as you can make them so in They're that like, sense here's your two character traits yeah it's like <laughs> tell, it's like someone them. was writing fantastic tell me three words that describe each of these characters and then they just double down on all that so yeah in that sense maybe it isn't fun but i also think like that is maybe why it's at least entertaining like it was never boring yeah, i didn't it's watch a fun movie honestly both of yeah. them kind of were fun yeah yeah and they don't seem like they last that long which probably means they don't I don't know how long they run. 106 minutes. Like 90 and... minutes, yeah. Yeah, they they are short films. Yeah, so it's like you're never just like, oh my god, when is this going to end? And it's entertaining and it makes me laugh. And I I also like to gauge superhero movies on my civilian wife because she doesn't know about this stuff, so she likes it. I'm always amused by that or interested in that. And she liked she watched both of these with me and actually watched them. And then when when they were over, was disappointed there wasn't another one. <laughs> so she liked it. I don't know. People who don't know anything about Fantastic Four, or at least <laughs> she did. So, mm-hmm. well, it, 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 it you you need a superhero film or or a franchise expansion like a film to to reach people who've never heard anything about what you're doing. So, so that, that is good. That is definitely a barometer to use. Um, so from Johnny, we go to Jessica Alba as Susan. Uh, Storm and then Richards. So this is like, it's funny, Sarah, you say that Chris Evans didn't really play a Johnny. You think of as when you say Johnny, because usually everybody thinks the Johnny is nailed and it's the invisible woman that's way off when they talk, when they and criticize have, these movies. I have slightly opposite views. Right. I think that this first one has a really, the first one has a good <laughs> uh, invisible woman. And I love Jessica Alba cast as invisible woman. I think that there could have been 
more that she was given to do, obviously. That's kind of nature of the beast when it comes to superhero movies of the early 2000s. Like, women don't do great. Um, But it is kind of like... I think that in the first one, she is clearly stating what her wants are. She's very annoyed with Reed, which I respect. Like, she's actually doing science. Um, And I think that she stands up to him in a way that, you know, we don't really see... All of the time. And then in the second movie, I was like, okay, I've had enough now. (laughs) Like, I'm mad. Because it was all, like, wedding stuff. And, like, she really doesn't have a role in the movie that much. And, like, Mm. other than to be like, I'm sad about wedding stuff. And catching my boyfriend dancing with women. And, like, all of this. So, to me, in the second one, she was reduced a lot um the first one i feel like they could have built upon that character that they introduced in a way that was way different than what happens in the second one so once the second one happens i'm like eh. but the first one i think i would i would defend jessica alba in this role because i think that you know she reminds me of sue she's good at playing the uh comedy parts i i I liked a lot of what she did in the first one i thought she was written unevenly and so i'd really like to hear your your thoughts on my thoughts um but i thought that like one minute she's annoyed at reed but then the next she's like annoyed that he's not responding to her um she's giving him evil eyes at the fact that he's caught dancing with a girl but then she's like yeah but it's nothing what i did you know compared to what i did my in my shower so i just felt like it See with a character that's pastiche for a little bit, or do you think it's do you think it's reasonable writing? No, I didn't like that. I didn't like the second one for her. I thought that whenever I was talking about how much I enjoyed her character in the first one, now I'm like thinking about that and being like, I think that all of the things that were a little questionable or a little shaky in the first one, they just like doubled down on that in the second one and got rid of <laughs> the things that I liked. So I actually it was thought like, that that was more in the first one, but that's okay. Um, I mean, like, I don't know. In the first one, to me, it's different. In the second one, they do write her very unevenly because, but also she just forgives him for everything, like, that genuinely does suck that he does. And it's all just like, Oh, well now she's accepting that she's going to have to sign up for this. And like, she's all like normal life in it. And it's just like, I just don't know that Sue really too much is like the one in the second one. Also, she's the one who's like, Oh, person from another planet, like, you know, love and acceptance from earth or whatever. And it's just like, yeah, that's always the woman that does that though. And it's like, there was just a lot of things. In the second one, I was like, I don't really love a lot of the choices that they make with this character. In the first one, at least she's fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that that's like something that a lot of writers forget about Sue. Like a lot of people forget how fun she can be. Um, I love the stories where she's fun. You know, like I love the stories where, you know, she's standing up for, you know, what she wants out of life. But to me, that was more in the first one than it was in the second one. In the second one, she was it was just like seven different stereotypes of women, basically. Like, she's really concerned about her marriage. She's really concerned about catching her boyfriend doing a thing. She's concerned about, you know, making this alien life force feel comfortable and, like, all of that. So, I don't know. Like, I, I was split pretty much down the middle from film to film on which one I preferred. Um, they did a like- lot of... I'm sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say, I think like I like the first one better, probably for all the reasons you're saying is like there's more character interactions in the first one. There's more 
character arcs in the first one. Right. It's really it's really kind of about the characters more than the plots in these movies for me. Like I like that they it just felt like you're watching kind of live action Fantastic Four and their family and their different thing about the Fantastic Four is they individually all have like different relationships with each other and connectivities in different ways, like best friends and siblings and in laws and, and you need that in a cast. And you need that. And I felt like cast. the first one the first one did that much better and the second one was more about the comical nature of not being able to get married combined with the comical nature of power swapping. Right. Like, yeah. like you don't really, there's like, I can't even think of what Ben did in the second movie. Really? Like there's no angst there. Uh, the only relationship I like maybe better in the second movie was between Johnny and Reed. Cause they had some moments when I've always liked their relationship cause they are brothers in law. Right. So that's kind of interesting or will, he, will be, I guess. And he and Sue actually had a moment in the second movie, which I can't remember them having a single moment as brother and sister in the first right. movie. Yeah. Uh, well they do. Yeah, no, they do. So that's the thing that I like is like, we, cause we were just talking about Jessica Alba and I went off on some weird train. I think Jessica Alba is great in this movie for Sue. Cause Sue has a lot of things she's got to do. She's got to be the mother hen. She's got to be the only woman in a room full of dumb dudes. She's got to be uh, Johnny's brother as, as both his caretaker and also just like her, his snotty sister, mm-hmm. you know, and she does all those things in the first movie. They do have moments where they're just like smacking each other and telling each other to shut up. I thought that stuff was great. And they even make a point of like, I think it's the first movie. Maybe it's the second where they both I think it's the first one after Dr. Doom. They they both hug each other like to remind us that, oh, yeah, they are brother and sister, you know, right. so. I don't know. I think I think Jessica Alba did great, particularly the first movie, because, yeah, like you said, the second one, there's not basically the second one. She reminds Silver Surfer of his wife. That's her whole role in the entire yeah. movie, you know, and then she has to almost die so that that convinces him to do the right thing. It would have been more fun if like the thing reminded Silver Surfer of his wife. Or totally. Something like that. Come on. <laughs> that would have been great. But anyway, yeah, the first movie, I think she's good because. Invisible Woman has always been uh, in love with Mr. Fantastic, but also finds him super annoying. And I think she yeah. played that well. Yeah. I think she, they did a great job of like kind of straddling that line. It helped that they had just come back from like a breakup so that she has reasons to not like him, whatever. Yeah. But um, I believed in them. I believed in the fact I believed in her ability to both like him and find him annoying. Mm-hmm. So um, I enjoyed that relationship. I liked her relationship with Johnny, too. Um, I think they both did a good job of like her kind of mothering him, but also just them like, you know, calling each other idiots and stuff like that. I don't know. It was good. I think she's great. I don't know why people hate her so much other than maybe, uh, you know, she's not white or something. I'm not really sure. Yeah, I saw a bunch of people get like pretty angry with this casting and I was just like, you know, <laughs> wait, wait, they got mad at her casting racially. Well, I'm. This is I, an assumption I, we can make. I'm just assuming. I'm not saying that anybody has ever come out. I can't remember anybody ever coming out and saying that specifically, but why are they so hard on her and not everybody else? It's weird. Wow. She, she doesn't do anything in particularly wrong. I mean, I can see if you don't like the movie overall, that's fine. But it seems like she gets called out as a reason to hate this movie more than most other things. That yeah. I've she, is, she is the daughter of two very white people who happen to have like Mexican three generations back. Um, that's really bizarre that that's happening, but okay, I I, I believe you because or it people could just are be trash. that she's the woman. That's also a possibility. <laughs> no, I just thought that um I don't know because she had done Sin City and mm. other. And I just figured that like the quote unquote type of roles she was playing, they didn't want to be playing a Susan Storm. I don't know. Um, 
the the dislike of her being cast as Susan Storm, I feel in my head, I feel like was like if uh, Britney Spears of 2005 had been cast as as Susan Storm, you know, just that kind of I don't know. Um, looking down upon a woman who's done one type of thing, like she can't do another type of thing. It's like I think a little bit more comparable than Meg to Megan Fox, right? Like the uh, uh. way that Megan Fox was like treated after transformers like literally nobody ever is just like all of these other actors that were in transformers are bad actors because they were bad in transformers but whenever you like people are right? like megan fox sucks because oh, she can't act and it's Shia just LaBeouf like is genius yeah yeah everybody is a genius except for megan fox right mm-hmm. and so like that was kind of it reminds me of that a little bit too where so, it's just like yeah. that typical people just like want to dismiss um Women, yeah, because, I mean, Jessica Alba had been in, like, sexy roles, right? <laughs> like, mm-hmm. so, I don't know. And they there certainly was... played to that in the first film. Yeah. In oh. the second one, too. She So, the thing with her appearing with no clothes on is just, like, okay. once it happened yeah. in the second one, I was so, like, shut up. <laughs> I forgot about that. Yeah, that is that is pretty wincy. Like, I mean, it is Jessica Alba in her underwear, so I'm not complaining that hard. But, sure. it is, plot-wise, plot-wise, it's pretty dumb that reads like oh it's so crowded we can't get through but if you're invisible we could somehow get through the crowd right so but that's just really you're gonna push them to away get... with your naked form yeah, yeah. so that's just <laughs> any excuse to get her naked was just on the one hand oh my god but yeah of course i wasn't complaining that bad but yes it was dumb okay and so, sexist so and it really undermines any sort of uh you know <laughs> heroic status she's trying to attain in these films so yeah so quick tangent do y'all does either of you watch any my hero academia I've only okay. watched a little, little, little bit. Okay, so it's this school of teenagers with superpowers who are learning, being trained to be certified as superheroes. One of the characters is permanently invisible. She cannot turn visible. She mm. wears clothes all the time, which is how you know where she is. And, you know, there are fun scenes where she's handling, you know, she has her headphones in, but they're just like dangling there. Anyways, uh, so early on, whenever they're addressing how her powers are used, they mention that she has to be undressed to, in order to use her powers in battle because otherwise she'd be seen. And some of the boys blush and the most previous boy makes one comment. And then it's never mentioned again. It just happens. They just like keep on going. This is just a normal part of our existence. We don't have to like chuckle at it every single time. Of course, right. it's also a teenage character. But I feel like this movie could have taken notes from that. It's like, okay, yes, maybe make the one like, okay, this is a little bit embarrassing for her. But then just keep on going with life. Yeah, instead of being like, all right, second film, what do we got to do <laughs> to get Jessica Alba not clothed oh. in a scene? You know, I can turn invisible, but only when nobody's looking. <laughs> I'm usually invisible at parties. <laughs> oh, my God. You know what I just read, you guys? Yeah. Wolverine was in this movie. What? The extended. There's an extended scene where... Mr. Fantastic turns his face into Hugh Jackman to try and woo Sue Storm. What? But they cut it. But it is in the extended edition if you ever go try and watch that somehow, somewhere. Oh, my wow. God. I well, didn't even is, see that as an like option. The other, the other Fox film. I mean, yes. Fox owns X-Men and Fantastic Four, mm-hmm. so I guess why the heck not? So Hugh Jackman is in everything, even not X-Men movies, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. <laughs> so who's left i guess the last guy the Doctor dumbest Doom. smart guy we didn't talk about mr fantastic did we or did i miss it i think we just wouldn't no just kidding <laughs> <laughs> oh i forgot no go ahead 
Is this the first time that anybody ever described him as the dumbest smart guy? Because that's like the perfect description of Mr. Fantastic. It is who he is, yeah. And I've always remembered that from this movie, but I don't know if they stole it from a comic book or or whatever. But I love that that description. The dumbest smart guy. And I think, and I can't pronounce his name, I'm sorry, but I think the actor who played him did a great job of that, really. He does come off as like completely uh, uh, um, dumb but incredibly smart. It's weird. Yeah, he really does. Um, he's a little, he is very handsome, um, which is not always a way that I read, read, but also I'm just like, you know what? It would make more sense if he were super handsome. (laughs) Everything would make a lot more sense, I guess. There were Um, some early sixties comics where Reed showed up and he had a fan base of teenage girls flocking all (laughs) over him. And me and John were like, that seems odd, but apparently Mm -hmm. back then, Stan was that was his idea of Reed was he was a very handsome sex symbol guy. Yeah, yeah I think I it's think just of one of way. those things, right? I grew up in like I was reading comics in the early nineties and stuff as a mm-hmm. kid, you know, and like um yeah, so I think that maybe He always just... seemed more like dad joke guy to me. Oh so. totally, yeah. yeah. And just like yeah, nothing about the Fantastic Four was like sexy to me <laughs> in like right. any way as a kid. I was like I'm like, you know, reading only X-Men and X-Men are like all sex appeal. Right. So like I would look at like the Fantastic Four and be like dweebs. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> so Yoan Griffey. OK. If you, you know, if you, we're going to at least say it once. Um, yeah. He's like a dorky, not unattractive guy, um, but definitely not what I would consider like hot or sexy or whatever. Um, and. I really like his performance. Mm-hmm. I think one of the criticisms I've heard is that he has zero chemistry with Jessica Alba. Yeah. One of the uh, you know complaints about them being both in the film together. But um, but yeah, he is nerdy, very nerdy. He, you totally believe him as a science genius. Um, but. I don't know. I, I feel like he's actually one of the better parts of the film. The only he problem is, is he is not nearly as terrible of a person as, as Richards <laughs> tends to be. Yeah, he really. But he is, is obtuse, which 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 is, is a fault of Mr. Fantastic. He doesn't understand yes. things. He always disappoints Invisible Woman, which is a very character thing for Mr. <laughs> Fantastic, which he does multiple times in this movie, which made me laugh every time. He's he has a great rapport with uh, Chickless, and they're supposed to be friends forever so mm-hmm. that was great that's how the movie opened and i thought that was great um um yeah, yeah i don't know i think he's good the thing about mr fantastic he's not to me i know we make fun of him on our show all the time because he is kind of horrible but he's not like professor x horrible to me right. like at the like at the end of the day i believe in mr fantastic's ability to do the right thing and be a good person it just sometimes oh, you haven't takes, read the ultimate fantastic for it takes him a lot <laughs> well nobody in the ultimates is a good person ne- never, even captain yeah, america isn't true. a good person in the ultimate no captain america is a racist dick in the ultimate right. universe right yeah, so sorry, yeah. Like, yeah, as a massive Janet Van Dyne fan, I really just don't acknowledge the Ultimate thank Universe. Thank God the MCU did not acknowledge any of the character traits of the Ultimate Universe Ooh, either. I, yeah. I thought she was tasty. They they acknowledged a Sorry. lot of the they acknowledged a lot of the Ultimates with the ideas of like Shield and how things look and work and stuff. But like, right. Thank God they didn't go. You know what's fun? Racist Captain America. Yeah. 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 Um, but anyway, yeah, I think he. Um, I don't know. Like, I, yeah, I don't think I, I don't hate Mr. Fantastic as much as I do like 
you know, Charles Xavier, I, who I who I do not ever believe will be will do the right thing <laughs> in the end. Like I think Mr. Fantastic ultimately will. He just is too smart and obtuse and gets in his way and takes the long way around sometimes. But um, so there wasn't there wasn't as much of that in this movie. But I do find that there was some of that in this movie. Like he does annoy every single person in this movie, which is spot on. Um, yeah, he's probably more accurate as a character than. Patrick Stewart is as Xavier because he's not mean enough or dumb or evil <laughs> enough, you know, like he's too nice. He doesn't have nearly enough secrets. Like he doesn't have his stepbrother chained up in his basement right. closet for right. no reason. Outside of X-Men three, where he like, without her permission, put locks on Jean gray. Like he didn't know Xavier things. So yeah, mm-hmm. I liked, I like Mr. Fantastic in this. He was He's, good, and I think that, I mean, I don't like that character, uh, so it's interesting to actually kind of like him. I think that this was a good casting choice, and also, they really do go out of their way in this script to be like, he's just kind of the bumbling genius, right? So he's like very much like uh, Giro Gear Loose or something. <laughs> and that, how, so. how cool was that scene, though, at least for me, when he stood up to the general after kind of being harassed for half the movie? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like, mm-hmm. I, you're right. I was the nerd and you were the football jock, but now you need me. I don't need you. Mm-hmm. That was when pretty seeing, odd. Seeing his face in this film made me smile really big. Um, the guy playing the general, whose name is escaping me, but I'm trying to find Captain it. Captain Frank Holt? Yes. But not really. I can't remember his name either. Um, Andre Brower. Yes. Yeah, that was weird because I am currently doing a marathon of Brooklyn Nine-Nine. So it's like, oh. He's delightful in that. One of my favorite characters is a bad guy in this movie. That's weird. But I did <laughs> I love look that to scene. See if General Hager was a comics person or not, but I can, I can be okay with him not being one. Like all nerds united must have said hurrah at that moment, at least, at least for that. So here's a question. Willie Lumpkin is in the first <laughs> film. Uh-huh. And then he tries to get in their wedding under a false name. Oh, maybe. Yeah. In the second film. So what is he really up to? That's what I want to He is working for the Watcher. <laughs> of course. Not again. Um, I think that was probably one of his better cameos is being Willie Lumpkin. It's kind of like, yes, of course. Thank you. That was right. cool. Now go date Aunt May. Now go date Aunt May, right. Um, before we get into Dr. Doom, did you know that Nicolas Cage was supposed to play Dr. Doom? <laughs> Oh my God! This guy in his near out. superhero experience. I know he really likes wild. Okay, so Doctor Doom to me, like I said, I like all these characters, and I do think I can ultimately like Doctor Doom, but he's probably the most difficult for me. They yeah, nailed the rough. look at the end of the first film. The look is great. Perfect. Yes. But yeah, yes. he's Victor Von Doom. He's not Doctor Doom, and the electrical powers are weird. And yeah, and he doesn't like. Okay, so if you're bringing the comic book to life, he's not over the top nearly enough. He's not over the top at all. Mm-mm. But do I want that? Is my question. Do I want a Doom that goes around with his hands up in the air, screaming Doom? Like I don't know. I don't know if I do. If that would work. Mm-hmm. So in some ways, I kind of appreciate that uh, Julian, whatever his name is, like underplayed it. And he's certainly a good he's certainly a good actor and all that. But like, yes, they changed a lot about him. They made him part of the origin. They gave him powers. I don't really care about that so much. They don't really explain how he became pretty again. That's kind of bothersome. Uh, 
And I think just his voice when he has the Doctor Doom mask on is weird, kind of. That I think it's me. Julie McMahon talking through a metal grill, and it just sounds weird. Like, they should somehow amplify it and make him more menacing. He's just talking all normal, like, my taxes are due. It's like, what? You're Doctor Doom. Where's Richard. the where's, where's the... Mm. But outside of that, Richards. he is vain. He is smart. He is competitive. He is jealous and petty, and that's all Doom qualities. So Dropping the mask on the ground at the beginning of the second film was such a sad moment for me. Yeah, he kind of has no nothing to do. I guess this, it's weird that the second one was kind of recreating this awesome arc that you and I just covered for the show. But at the same time, when it came to this movie, it almost felt almost slapped on like just something to do to eke out the 90 minutes. Mm-hmm. It really does. The second one made me be like, eh. <laughs> yeah. but the, I don't know, because even it makes all of the the missteps of the first one like worse, I guess. And that was how I felt a lot about Dr. Doom. Like I was like, oh, okay, it was the same as like, you know, Chris Evans, right. Is me just being like, this is like a little bit of a different direction <laughs> for this mm-hmm. character. Like some of the things he nails, he's a good actor, you know, but he's definitely very like bond villain for me in a mm. way that doom isn't. Um, right. And like, there's like the imperiousness of Doom that we just like completely miss out on. You're and right. yeah. he, they do make him look good, but it's like, where are all the classic shots of him? You know, like you, we just don't get a lot of the things that I associate with a really good Doom. So yeah, I don't know. I thought that that was kind of a letdown just in general of the first movie too. I think that he mm. was okay, but like them wedging like this. romance with sue was weird and like speaking of of that so they never dated at all right before he proposed to her is that what i picked up or am i wrong? i mean that's what it felt like yeah it's like we've been together a long time and her response is yeah we really built this company up didn't we okay so (laughs) it's interesting it's okay so i saw that as it was happening as they actually did have a relationship that she kind of abandoned out of nowhere for a read. But as y'all are talking, I'm like, wait a second. Was I just following his lines mm-hmm. and his descriptions? Yeah. Because she tells Reed later, there was never a me and Victor. Cause he had his arm around her, but it could have been just like an yeah. annoying aspect of him that she has learned to live with. And then that random assistant who I'm assume is related to the Butler from Spider-Man three was like, sir, I've always wondered why Sue you could have anybody. He's like, cause I could have anybody. And I want her, you know? Yeah. What was that? I was and it's like, like so that crazy. makes me think that he's never had her, which means they've never dated, which means he totally did a sixties Marvel thing of just proposing out of nowhere based on nothing, which is weird. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Also, it's just like, where's the chemistry there? Oh my God. There's none. Like, why oh, would it's that just be awkward chemistry? You could tell she's like doing everything she can to every sentence is skating around any sort of sex he's putting out at her, mm. you know? Like, she doesn't want to be rude because that's the boss, but I also don't want to lean into anything that you're giving me right now. So it was just weird. But it kind of made me laugh because that totally happens in these 60s books all the time. Like, someone just proposes because he's male and she's female. And that's how <laughs> right. it works. And it's like the Wild West when you only – chances are I'll never meet a male again in my 55 years, <laughs> so I might as well just marry this one, you know? Uh, yeah, it was weird. Yeah. But just more reason for Doom to be competitive, I guess. I guess, I don't know if it's any worse than 
like Doom's actual origin, which is just right. Reed Richards remembering this one time there was a kid in his college who blew up his face and then he just comes back. Right. Um, that's not a very good origin either. So, but yeah, I think, he seems I think, like he's taking a really extreme jump in that original <laughs> origin. Too. You're right, Sarah, that like the, the, the royal arrogance is missing. Like, yeah. Like he's, he's just to kind be of a snide businessman or something yeah. like this, right? Like yeah. we already have a Lex Luthor. Like this guy was kind of like bargain yeah. basement Lex Luthor. And I was like, uh, it's like, I get it. You know, like I said, it's kind of the same as any other part of this movie where I'm like, it's specific to this movie. So it doesn't bother me that much. But if I was like, what is what if I was like red pinning the script or something, I'd be like, what is this? What is this? What is this? Like, I think well, it's the least successful you know comic come to life character of oh, the yeah. of the lot is dr doom it's just kind of like eh. yeah because he's like he's, a kevin spacey villain or something he's, like he's yeah he's dressed the part but he isn't he isn't over the top enough yeah <laughs> wasn't it you john telling me a story about how the voice his voice drove you bonkers or your son bonkers or something like that or am i making that up that wasn't me okay well i was cheating on you with someone else i guess i don't know <laughs> How dare you? But the voice really does bother me when he's wearing the mask. Cause it's like, dude, it should be louder or augmented or something. It's just a dude talking. It's weird. And that's the time whenever it's just him ending every sentence with Richards. He's yeah. Just like Richards. So Richards. what Richards? Do you know the science of rubber? Richards. Richards. Like he says rubber like 68 times and it's like, <laughs> dude, he's not made of rubber. He he's just stretches. <laughs> it doesn't matter it's, what rubber does when you add this to it. He's not made of rubber. Richards. It sounds like Janet. Okay. So we can't talk about both Fantastic Four films without talking about the Silver Surfer. Oh, God. And Galactus. Right. Silver Surfer was pretty great. I he think. looked fantastic. Yeah. In an era where we were just starting to do fully realized computer generated characters, he was he was pretty great. He looked even cooler when he was depowered, and then to this day, I can't figure out if that's makeup or CGI. Like when he's kind of gray and captured, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, because it looks more real at that point. And I don't at that point. And I don't know if it's just because the coloring is less shiny or if they actually put like a, you know, did the, like the thing style thing on him, on the actor who played him, Doug Jones. Oh my God. It's Doug Jones. Dougie. He does everything. Wow. I never realized that. Not okay. the voice, obviously, but the act, the physical. Right. So was this a motion capture of a Doug Jones performance then? That, I guess it would have to be a motion capture of somebody. That or the parts where he's a prisoner. It's not CGI. I don't know. I really don't know. I'll be honest, I was not as tuned in to the second half of the second film. I was kind of getting distracted by other things. Um, I mean, that's kind of like, that's kind of the best part of the movie. The second movie is Silver Surfer to me. and But at the same time, there's not a lot to work with other than it's the Silver Surfer. Yeah. But I, I guess that's the one part that Sue does have something to do, even though you're right, Sarah, it's kind of a cl- cliche that it's always the female doing it. But like she actually has some genuine talk with him that's not about the wedding. So that was kind of cool. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, basically she's just there to die and remind him of. She basically took the uh, Alicia, Alicia. Um, yeah, I was gonna say point. if you're gonna 
if you're going to have, you know, the woman be, you know, do the certificate role, at least get the right one. But yeah. then Susan would have had even less to do in the film. Right. Because in the comics, Alicia Masters reminds him that that people actually have feelings. <laughs> um, so in this movie, it's it's Sue Storm's job, I guess. Yeah. Uh, and then yeah, he, he, he cool. and Ben never they, they didn't punch it out. But yeah, like you your point in the beginning, uh, I don't know how to solve the Galactus thing either. I I think this is a movie about the Silver Surfer, though. So to have like in the end him fly into space and see a dude in green trunks and a pitchfork hat would like not work. He has to be some sort of like not real entity entity or something. To have something that's going to eat a planet, you need something on a cosmic scale. The fact that it's a dude standing on top of a building putting together a machine, even that is not exactly easy to swallow. You, you buy it because it's a comic book and they do ridiculous stuff all the time. But, you know, if you're going to eat a planet, planets are big, you know, and you got to have wow. like a really huge force out there. And they do like an acknowledgement, like for 0.73 seconds of Galactus's head shape in the clouds. Mm-hmm. But that's it. I mean, you could have, you could Alex Ross it and have this big giant thing that stops the nation just show up. And then he's got his machines just like the comics and it digs into the core and it's going to blow us up. I'm cool with that. He doesn't need to just reach out and eat us like a Skittle, but um, that would be a whole different movie. Cause now we're have to focus on that guy for three quarters of the movie. And all we want to do is focus on silver surfer. So like, the fact that they didn't put Galactus in there, I think it's just because we don't want to have to really address him. If he shows up in New York, you have to address him. You have to talk about him. You have to deal with him. So instead, it's just like, like this ambiguous blob thing. I did like that they kind of acknowledged the um, the beginning of Fantastic Four 50 whenever everything's changing. They sort of did their own little version of that. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the, you know, not blanket of rocks in the sky, but like. Mm-hmm. really weird stuff is happening on the earth everywhere the silver surfer flies by. It's just kind of a mm. different version of the same kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And sort of the same purpose. It was the watcher trying to protect us from the Galactus, but you know, I like this. Yeah. The second movie sure is kind of weak sauce, isn't it? I mean, it's not like it, it didn't bother me. I enjoyed it and I watched it, but like you walk away and there wasn't a lot of substance to it. and It didn't last very long. Yeah, and there's not a lot to, like, the Silver Surfer's appearance either in that way, because it's like the Silver Surfer looks amazing, and outwardly he acts like that time period of Silver Surfer. The Silver Surfer that I grew up reading, of course, is all just, like, purple prose forever, you know? <laughs> like, mm-hmm. just constantly, like, waxing, you know, Stanley's mouthpiece. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and just being like, and, you know, beyond that, too, like, after Stan mm-hmm. Lee, and then, like, there's so many writers who have taken Silver Surfer, even just, m- even more recently with, like, Donny Cates or something, right? Like, all of the time, the ones where it's, like, his inner, his inner turmoil reminds me of, like, yeah, lyrics of a Cure song or something, but he's <laughs> always like, I am alone in space, space, you know, yeah. all of that stuff. I love that guy, like, I really love the Silver Surfer. Um, I also am like, well, you can't get that emotional depth without like this story happening first, you know? Um, But then also, so it's like, I think that he looked good and everything. There was not enough space in this movie to like do a great silver surfer. They also didn't even have him show up for like, it's like he shows up, I think in like the last like 40 minutes of the movie or something. So it's like the whole first half of this film is not the title of the film at all. At all. Mm. Yeah. And it's just like, to me, they kind of, yeah, they, they prioritized very strangely in the second film because it was like, Dr. Doom does not need to be here. Um, 
Silver Surfer should have a lot more screen time. We don't really understand very much about his motivations other than like, oh, yeah, pretty girl. (laughs) But it's like Mm -hmm. one assumes that there are pretty girls on all of the other hundreds of planets that you have destroyed. Um, But like, I don't know. I think that I loved Silver Surfer just in general because it's fun to watch that character, right? Like that's kind of always like one of the most important things of like even his comics is it's fun to look at. And so he was super fun to look at. And the person who played him, the sparsity of his dialogue and everything, to me, that all reads true to the original comics. Um, And then I just am a person who, like, I read so much of this stuff as a kid where I'm just like, I want to hear him, like, say weird poetry to himself. And like, (laughs) but yeah, there, there wasn't really room for that either, you know. I wonder if he and Bernard the poet would get along. Oh my god, they would be best friends. Are you serious? Like they would love <laughs> each other. Silver Surfer would be like, "Oh my god, like most humans aren't as profound as you, Bernard." And Bernard would be like, "I know it. I know it." <laughs> <laughs> May I please have a piece of free cake? <laughs> yeah, I will write that comic anytime somebody wants me to. But um yeah, I love I love Silver Surfer. I think that this was it's like uh, almost disappointing, but also not really like it's kind of like nice that they actually did as well as they did with it in a way. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I was the whole time I was like, I would give this movie basically like a C plus, I guess, or like a yeah. B minus. Yeah. I'd say like maybe the first one was like a B plus and then the second one was like right. a C Right, exactly. I think like it may, the second one in particular, it seemed like there's just so much filler. Yeah, and the filler and it's is, only ninety minutes. <laughs> and the filler is Doctor Doom and the and the power swapping problem. And it's yeah. like if you got rid of both of those things and gave us more interactive drama with the Fantastic Four and and Silver Surfer, it might have been role. more interesting. Because like in the end, like Johnny Storm turning into the Super Scroll to fight Doctor Doom did nothing for me. Really, right. it's like I would have rather they. I was disappointed they didn't fight the Silver Surfer at all really like they capture him yeah. fairly easily uh other than the fight with him and johnny which was really exciting i thought like trying to chase him around like that was the best part in a way like his arrival and no one knowing mm-hmm. who he is and johnny arrogantly trying to chase after him and then getting his butt kicked basically that was fun they should have done more of that. that yeah that was really fun i like whenever he like silver surfer just turns around and like grabs yeah, him by the neck and it's just great. like dang and then oh, he yeah. just silently flies him into space and lets him go i mean come yeah. on that was cool I was going to ask real quick, Sarah, did you read any of the recent Silver Surfer series by Dan Slott, I think? Because I got a lot of rave reviews, but I didn't read any of it. Um, I, yeah, I think that that's maybe the best thing that I've read by Dan Slott. I kind of classically don't like that guy's writing at all. <laughs> okay. but, uh, and like I, I, his Fantastic Four to me has been just such a bummer. But um, yeah, his Silver Surfer series was with Mike Allred. So I mean, if you can oh, read yeah. an Allred comic and like hate it, you know, like I can't. He's a madman. Why didn't they just let Mike Allred write the Silver Surfer? Exactly, series? it would be a lot better because it didn't. Uh, I don't remember. Was Mike the person who wrote Bug? Um, I know oh, that I he know. did write obviously Madman, but. Um, he knows yeah. how to write, so he, they could have yeah. just let him do it. Yeah, and he's a very strange guy, so strange and Silver Surfer would have been matched yeah. in heaven, kind of. They definitely leaned into like that, like the same kind of kitsch that they have in Bug, right? Where it's just like, here's Mike Allred's zany humor, and like everything's hopeful and gonna work out in the end. I think that I liked that one okay. I liked the uh, Silver Surfer Black series that they just did. Um, there's a lot of Silver Surfer comics that I like a lot. 
I haven't read Silver Surfer since Ron Mars and Ron I like the Ron Mars run, yeah. That was fun. I just got finished reading the Green Lantern Silver Surfer team up from the nineties, oh, and I was like, yeah. I actually read this whenever I was a kid, but I hadn't read it since. Like whatever happened to my copy, you know, God knows at this point. But um I read back the story and I was like, This was good. I mean, Ron Mars is a good writer, so mm-hmm. I tend to like his stuff. But he did not write Rise of the Silver Surfer. He did not. Uh, much the shame yeah (laughs) okay well um we're coming up on the hour mark which is good which probably like we would like to be we didn't get this far on the new mutants so um (laughs) (laughs) these movies are better than the new mutants they're better than spider-man 3 they're better than the fantastic four that comes after this uh i don't know they're better than a lot of superhero movies i agree with the sarah rating of b minus b plus they're not stellar but I can watch them and enjoy them, and they don't anger me or anything. I would probably right. reverse the ratings. I did enjoy the second one more than the first one, but yeah, they're they're solid B quality movies for me. They're they're not blow you away, but they're entertaining, perfectly watchable, and yeah. Uh, and yeah, they're fun. Mm-hmm. And they're not painful to revisit, which is like mid <laughs> that mid you know, aughts era with mm. Bellum, you're just kind of like, Ooh, can I watch this? And then it's like, well, with fantastic four, it wasn't so bad. No, there aren't any weird uses of early versions of modern technology. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I mean, the stretchy stuff was a little pushing it sometimes. Cause that's a really hard power to pull off, but yeah, but it was okay. It didn't creep me out too bad. Stretchy power is just gross anyway, but <laughs> so I never thought of it as gross until one of the more recent renditions, maybe it was the ultimate fantastic four. So I was like, Oh wow, that's gross. I mean, it's gross when like his face is falling off of his face, mm-hmm. but like floppy arms to me, isn't gross. It's just, you know, well, comics. when he, when he put his hand under the doorway and it comes up and unlocks it, that was the grossest scene in the world to me. And I don't know why that bothers me so much. The rest of it was fine when he fights with the thing and all that, that all worked for me. I don't know. But sometimes it's just sometimes superpowers don't translate well to live. And I think stretchy stuff might be one of those times. Yeah. <laughs> that and Green Lantern. Oh, my God. I feel like God. we should do Green Lantern. I have not seen Green Lantern since Green Lantern was in the theaters. Let's open this up to DC, man. I have so much to say about DC. We've talked about Barbarella. Why can't we talk about Green Lantern? Well, y'all, I think y'all, we should. Y'all did promise me that when it gets close to time, we could do the Snyder Superman trilogy. Uh, oh, yeah. BBS and Justice, the, the new Justice League. Do we want to wait till it gets released? The new one gets released, right? Yeah, I, I'd like. To. I'd like to wait around that time. We could do. Okay. Um, I don't know if we can do. I'd be down with that. But but next week, next week, next month, we're not doing Superman nor Green Lantern. I have never seen one of the films we're talking about next month. Mike, do you want to talk about it? That we're going to talk about Blade and Blade Two and Blade Trinity. Yeah, that one. Go ahead and yeah. t- tell them which one it is. <laughs> Just kidding. Which one it is? Yeah. It's going to be which one? All of them. Yeah. So we're, we're going to try to cram I'm really loving cram. this idea of cramming them all together because apparently we can't just talk about one movie anymore because it only lasts 20 minutes. So we got to talk about all three. And uh, yeah, y'all have both seen all three of them already? I have. I have, yeah. And I don't even like <laughs> Of course Sarah has. Kind of gross, yeah. Okay. Fun, fun. I'll see if I'll see if I can rope Keenan into at least the first one. Is the first one the best one? No. Yeah. I got a yeah and a no. <laughs> the second one's good. We, we all know the third one's not the best one. I think we can everybody agree on that one, but okay, we'll find out. All right. I already know what you're gonna say. 
<laughs> I really liked it. Yeah. Well, that's how I always say anything. Y'all are here to keep me in check. From Sarah, next everything. time he doesn't like a movie, because I can't remember the last time that happened. But Ghost it did. Rider 2. Okay, Ghost Rider 2. <laughs> you and I did not hammer him nearly enough. Next time he doesn't like a movie, I just want him to answer all our questions. Because I want to <laughs> really figure out why something didn't work for him, because it's so rare. And like we walked away from that Ghost Rider 2, and I didn't even know why he didn't even like it. I forgot to ask him. So, <laughs> and now you'll never know. And now we'll Take never know. Take a secret to my grave. Yeah. <laughs> And I'll come back with my secret in a flaming skull. Yeah. Yeah, has to be. All right. So bring your blades next time, all three of them. Yeah. Um, and uh, in the meantime, there's another episode of this show on the feed. So go check out what we're talking about in Marvel 1967. Um, Sarah, how have you been? What you got going out there in the internet? Yeah. Okay. So um, I've been writing for Comic Book Herald and I have been doing a comfort food comics uh, podcast. No, no, sorry. (laughs) Uh, Column, (laughs) I think they call them. And uh, that's been it for my comics writing pretty much. We just got finished opening submissions for Decoded Round 2. So if you're a queer speculative fiction writer, you could look up decodedpride.com and maybe send us one of your stories because we need a bunch of stories. Sorry in advance if we uh, re- reject yours after I solicited it. <laughs> but that does happen. People send us like hundreds of stories. But yeah, Decoded is basically just a speculative fiction anthology by queer creators that we do. Me and Essie at Bitches on Comics, the podcast. And this round is now in session. We just opened up the call for submissions yesterday. So if I get this out on time, it'll be out next week. So the coming episode of Bitches on Comics, what are y'all talking about? You have to ask SE. I don't pay attention. Um, (laughs) Whenever a new episode comes up, I'm just like, oh, I forgot we even had that conversation. (laughs) (laughs) SE is the one that has like uh, an actual like spreadsheet. (laughs) Um, Yeah, God knows. God knows even. I have no clue. Um, I'm sure we'll be talking about comics either way. Something about comics. Speedball, obviously. Oh, I hope we do talk about speedball. We need more questions like that. I want to talk about weird comic stuff. Speedball slash what was his other name? Pain what or, was it? It was like it was, the penance. Penance, penance, penance. You got it. Yep. <laughs> God, don't Goofy. talk about that. Yeah. Ditko probably was not happy with that. No. <laughs> um. Okay. So, uh, yeah, all that's going out there. Comic Herald. Um, Sarah, you are at Sarah Century on Twitter. Just your name, on right? On Twitter. Yep. No okay. H. No H. <laughs> No H in Sarah Century, no H in John Reed's comics. Yes, H in Kaiser the Great. Yes. Yes. All right. And we will talk to you. The Great. The Great. The Great. (laughs) If you want to emphasize it, that's fine with me. Yeah. (laughs) All right, y'all. Thank you, everyone, for listening. We will talk to y'all next month. Bye. Bye. Sue Richards, Johnny Storm, Ben.